Hi, how would you like to advertise on Conversations with Dwyer? You can advertise your band, a new album, your company, a service you provide, or just yourself, and it will be heard around the world, and it will live on that episode or multiple episodes forever. Email me at Conversations with Dwyer, and we could begin discussing how to get your advertisement up on an episode or multiple episodes of Conversations with Dwyer. Again, email me at Conversations with Dwyer at gmail.com. And remember, that ad will be heard around the world. Now, how about we enjoy this latest episode of Conversations with Dwyer? Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that played us in is called Decoration. It's from the album Uppers. It was released by Sub Pop and it is by the band TV Priest. And the guest today is Charlie Drinkwater, the front man for that band. And it's a really great conversation. I felt like I was talking to an old friend with Charlie, though it was the first time we ever talked. But uh, he's it's a great conversation. He's very funny. And uh, I greatly... I greatly enjoyed it. There, I said it. Uh, remember to look in the show notes and find all things TV Priest. You can buy their new album, uh, which came out, I, it's on Sub Pop. I think that came out at the end of last year. Or Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a new album. It's great. I keep listening to it. Uh, so, And I, I think it's very important, and I know I say this all the time, but support music and your local venues, buy merch or whatever you can right now because uh, everybody's hurting, and I'd like to keep some of my local venues around. Uh, and speaking of support, you could go to the mattdwyer.com and uh, you could find all things me there, uh, my social media, uh, the, my Patreon. If you want to instead watch Charlie and I have this conversation, you could go to patreon.com. You could become a subscriber. You could look at his handsome face, my mediocre face, and enjoy the conversation there. There's a little bit of extra content in that interview but uh usually some of my interviews go two hours or two parters part two will always live on patreon patreon subscribers get a pin of the logo and blogs video blogs all kinds of stuff and i'll be giving out more merch as i get it uh, the mattdwire.com is where you can go and find some merch i'm working on some new stuff i'm not sure if it's up there yet but uh and if you can't you know if you don't want to become a patreon subscriber you can always tell your friends about the show and a great way to tell your friends about the show is to go look at my library. And a good way to do that is on the Instagram, Conversations with Dwyer. You look and you could scroll and you could see past guests. There's also a page on the website with all that. Uh, I've had a lot of great uh, guests. I have had recently had Dale Crover from the Melvins, Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips, and, uh, boy, it's uh, Danita Sparks from L7. It's a long list. It's getting so long, I can't even remember anymore how many people I've had on the show. Anyway... I thank you so much for listening. Please enjoy this episode with Charlie Drinkwater from TV Priest. You just came from a rehearsal for South by Southwest? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry about that. I think it's been so long since we've actually been playing live that everyone that's supposed to tell me that I've got something to do are just like, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> How was it like? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean it. Oh, no, no, after you. Oh, I was just. It was this the first time you guys have played together in a long while. Since, um, I mean, we were 
we've been doing bits on and off, but really like the first proper time this year, we did a, we did a session probably back in January. Um, but that had been before that it was October. So yeah, it's, it's, we've kind of, we're spread out around, you know, London and the Southeast of England kind of all within about an hour and a half of each other. So it's been a bit tricky trying to get everyone together, but, um, but no, I mean, it was just great. It was great fun. It was, you know, it was, it was like old times, but, uh, you know, (laughs) it feels weird to say. (laughs) Were you in the same room or were you doing it zoom? No, we were in the same room. We've all been self isolating for the last week. And then like, we've all kind of gone into our own bubble, uh, for, for South by tomorrow. Um, so I'm not my wife's. My wife's at her, her her parents. She's bubbled off with them. So I'm just I'm on my lonesome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I mean it's just so weird having to you know we're all, we've all done like tests and stuff just to go to band practice. Is just you know I suppose it's just what you have to do now to be safe. Yeah, know, it's, but it's um, it's great to be living in a Kurt Vonnegut book. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. very true Jeez, <laughs> oh, man yeah it's uh and how does that i i have to be honest like watching a festival at home sounds better than being around a bunch of uh sweaty people probably candy flipping if that's still the phrase that people use <laughs> <laughs> i don't know dude like you know it's gonna be great fun it's but like i mean man like I mean, we'd love to be in Texas for real, you know? Yeah. Um, of course, Texas but, right uh, now is frozen. I don't know if you know. Well, that's that. the other thing. Like, that's what you're saying. You know, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have been normal. It wouldn't have been like every other band that I've ever seen going to South by Southwest, you know, in sunglasses, bowling around, you know, eating barbecue. It's like, you know, we'd be wrapped up in our thermals. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel gypped kind of that you're not, I mean, it's great that you guys are having such success, but you're also like sort of missing out on that, Hi. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you don't miss what you don't necessarily know. You know, we've never, we've never necessarily had the things that you know are normal for a band that certainly play our kind of music and 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 and, and are in our kind of lane. I think, I think you know, this this thing of having played like one show ever kind of thing. I don't, I don't really wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not the real. It's not the reason why I thought, you know, why I got back together in a room with these guys, you know, it was to play shows and to meet people and for it to be a community and meet our peers and see other bands and talk to people. So, yeah, I think we do miss it to an extent. I think there is something about it. You know, it's also weird having like, you know, we wrote this record in kind of like 20, 2019, kind of, kind of October, November 2019, and then obviously put it out, you know, a year later and, 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 you know, usually as a musician, I suppose you, you take those songs out and before you'd kind of made the record, you'd probably road test them and see how they land with people live and see how they change and move around. And so it's been quite a weird experience because ultimately like this, this bit of work existed to like four people for like a very long time and no one ever, because we produced it all ourselves and made the whole record ourselves. So it's pretty weird. <laughs> it's pretty weird, <laughs> weird way of doing things, especially when you're playing like kind of punk music. It's not, it's not a normal way of doing things. Yeah. So, that's um, quite the compliment to your, your guys work that you didn't test it. Like you didn't get to tour and you didn't play it around clubs and that it is such mm. a great realized album. I mean, it's a, because you, you know, you just recorded it and that's probably, not, not, you know, Thanks, that's man. an anomaly. I mean, that's, very, that's, that's very kind of you. To, it's very kind of you to say so. I mean, I don't know. 
wasn't like we had a master plan with it or anything. I think, you know, these guys are my oldest. I've never, you know, I've known these, I've known Alex, a guitarist, since I was six years old, you know, like I've, I've never played in a band with anyone other than these, these, these three other guys. They're like my brothers. So, I mean, it took us long enough to do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's probably why it feels like it's quite, I don't know, considered or, rounded or whatever is probably because we should have written this record 15 years ago that's some serious procrastinating yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and actually that you know it was very much from a place of like us doing it for ourselves in a way because i think we did all get to a point where we're like we don't do this now even if it's just for ourselves we'll we'll have never have done it we'll have never have known if we could make an album or, or or write a set of songs as a cohesive body of work so it was almost like a I suppose in, in some ways it was like a test to ourselves I mean I really didn't think that it would end up like this <laughs> you, I mean, it's, yeah it's fucking snowballed <laughs> did you if this would have happened earlier if you guys you think it would be a different scenario if like say this happened when you were 21 yeah I don't think we could have written this record at 21 I don't think I don't think we were um, like emotionally mature enough or had a, had enough life experience or had anything to say. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't think I had much to say at 21 years old. I think I was angry about the same stuff, but I wasn't all like I was frustrated about the same stuff or in lots of, but I, you know, I was in, I was inarticulate in a way and I probably wouldn't have been as honest. I don't think, because I think it's, it's scary to be honest, you know, it's, it sets you up for a massive failure. If people just go like, <laughs> you know, you know, you pour, you kind of, you want to communicate something and then fucking someone just goes like, this is shit. <laughs> so, you know, it takes a while for you to get, I think, get to that point of being like, what have I got to lose? You know, like I'm a fucking 32 year old schlubby guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like, what have I got to lose? <laughs> Nothing really. Like, I don't think I don't think I'm particularly cool or, or or you know, whatever. So you know, it's just like, if I can't do it and make myself happy, then you know, what, what you know, what point is there in in it? So, I think you're probably right. I think I think we wouldn't have. I think we also would have been insufferable dickheads as well. Like you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I was an insufferable very, dickhead at 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think as well, like you know if we'd got signed at 21 and everyone had said, Oh, your work's really good or whatever. Like, and I hadn't had a life outside of making art and working in an office or working somewhere where someone just doesn't give a shit about that or working with my dad on a building site where they just think it's fucking stupid that you do that. You know, it's like, I think you probably would have believed all the nonsense that people are telling you about how good you are. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, I think it's probably a, it's probably a quite a self-fulfilling prophecy as to why people get sucked into that is, is you have no life experience to kind of tell you otherwise to tell you like, you know, this might just be a part of your life for a bit, or it might just, you know, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It sounds a bit weird. It takes time to gain perspective. I think it certainly did for us. I mean, I think you're right. Like, you know, when you look at like the fact that the Beatles have broken up by the age that I was at <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> fuck it. You think, think Jesus, you know, like Christ, but you know, it's, um, you know, I, I think you're right. And definitely in terms of us, like I just, you know, it's, I needed to go through some stuff and work some stuff out. I needed to also like, you know, my day job took me into the proximity of, of I now, you know, I played in bands up until my kind of mid twenties that got nowhere. 
and they all fell apart, you know, with the same guys, they all fell apart. And, you know, there was a couple of other members that had come in and come out and stuff, but I ended up going and designing for bands because, you know, I'm, I was obsessed about with, with kind of being part of that community, you know, like I just wanted to be part of a musical community and a, and a, and a group of musical people. And I just kind of lived and breathed there. And if I couldn't be in the band, it was like, well, what's the other thing I can do to kind of be near them? <laughs> oh, you know, I can do, I can, I can do a poster or I can help you design your single cover or things like that. And then that kind of, that kind of, I wouldn't say that it was a diversion because it's, it's, I love it. You know, it's, it's my, you know, I think it's, it's as much a part of me as being a singer in a band and writing songs, but it was like, it was a weird route. You know, it was a weird kind of off route that I never thought I would, I would be on. I got on this other kind of track. So I think I needed to do that as well. And then also go and work with other creative people and, 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 and understand, you know, Oh no, actually like maybe I do, maybe there is something valid in, in, in what I do or, you know, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. I think I needed, and also I think I needed to like not be around people that were interested in the kind of music I was into, you know, like I said, you know, worked in an office for years that like, you know, was like data entry, you know, it's like <laughs> no one really cares about that. You know, it's a nine to five and you say to some, you say to someone like, oh, my band's playing and they're like, oh, cool, man, great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like no one gives a shit, you know, like, so, um, yeah, I think, I think for me, it, it, I think it focused my, focused my intention as to why I was making the music, you know, and that intention was like, pure freedom of expression, pure self-expression, something that keeps me feeling well, you know, that, that was the reason why I kind of, I think we kind of all came back to it as well as, is, is we'd lost that in our lives, all, all of us, you know, we, we kind of, we'd get in a room and jam now and again, you know, but we'd lost this kind of, um, just a, a space you carve out for yourself. You know, I think a lot of people have that, whether it's playing in a band or, you know, watching sports or, I don't know, cooking or anything. Do you know what I mean? But I think, I think, you know, it was something for us where it was like so much of our friendship was built on that. It, we had, we just had to get back to it. Right. When you were doing other jobs and stuff, was that ever like a sort of a, something that gnawed at you? Like, oh, fuck, I got to get back to this. Or did you kind of forget it for a while? You push it down. I think certainly as well when, um, when I ended up working kind of with other bands for other bands and stuff, you, 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 you push it down because I'm not going to lie. There is a part of you that feels, um, I wouldn't say jealousy, but feels a kind of level of longing, you know, like when you see someone playing or performing and you're like, fuck, I wish I was doing that, you know, or, or, or making music and having the courage to make music and stuff. There is a part of me that was always like, Oh, you know, I just miss it. I miss it so much, but you, you push that out a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not the kind of person I've, I've realized, I've realized quite late in life. I'm not the kind of person that is very, is particularly good. Like in terms of like my own creative work, drawing stuff, things like that, I'm very self-motivated. But in terms of like my musicality, I have to do it with other people. You know, I'm not the kind of guy that picks up a guitar or sits at a piano and, 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 can, and writes a song. You know, that's just not how my, I think my musicality comes out. I have to have a kind of, creative foil do you know what I mean so so I think there was a lot of a lot of the time where you would feel kind of frustrated in that because I would still be writing poems and lyrics and stuff but I couldn't I couldn't do anything with it you know so um yeah I would I would say that like you know that that was
was the case, you know, and we were, I would kind of every six months kind of ring up Alex, the guitarist, and be like, come on, let's, 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 let's go and jam again. And we'd go and jam and then it would just be like a load of like nonsensey noodles. And then, you know, oh, you know, then we'd kind of, you know, dissipate for another two months while life took over and then we'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned your, like you would write poetry and lyrics and stuff and you're, to me, like your lyrics really stand out. Like they're very poetic Thanks, and like visual. And I, I just, and I was curious about that. Cause I also read that you like improvise a lot of them. And I was like, I just, I like in my brain, I was like, Oh, this guy probably is extremely well-read and has studied poetry and probably is like, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, and you might be, <laughs> but I was like, I was surprised to hear that some of them are improvised. Cause I was like, fuck, those are well-crafted. I hope that's vodka. Mm. No, it's uh, no, it's not. It's just water. I'm, <laughs> I'm not that rock and roll. <laughs> um, no, um, well, yeah, and I and I write a lot as well. Like Alex contributes uh, lyrics as well. You know, and 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 we kind of, you know, I, I love reading. I love history. I love all of that. You know, I love. I'm I'm I'm, I'm someone that you know buys too many books kind of thing you know it's uh you know but it's um yeah i it's interesting i think the way that we came back to approaching lyricism and, and lyrics and, and and writing was um was quite different to how we'd done it before because you know what what we did in this in this instance was we kind of like we would hone in on things that we were interested in you know what are, what are the themes we want to talk about or what are the like what's this feeling we want to conjure or you know so actually the song started from those positions of like intention if you know what i mean and then and then you can kind of go away and kind of um start crafting stuff and then the final process is often um when i get into the studio alex will have a big stack of paper i'll have a big stack of paper we'll i'll have notes on my phone and basically i i go into the into the booth and I get Nick, the bassist, who also, you know, produces our music to just put like maybe like the rhythm track on or like the bass and 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 and, and the drums. And I will literally just collage stuff based around the kind of intention of, of the song. So it's like, okay, this song's gonna be about, I don't know, you know, our relationship to the city or consumerism or, you know, um I mean they all start in a personal place. I think that's the other thing about the song, the the record as well. It's quite um it seems quite outward, but most of those songs are being kind of like most of those criticisms and stuff are as directed as me at me as they are as anyone else. Um, so it comes from that place and yeah, then we'll just collage and then it's fucking poor old Nick's job to like, <laughs> I'll do, I'll, 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 I'll just, I'll just sing for like 15 minutes, basically just, just going off on tangents, rambling. I'll, I'll have moments that I'll come back to, like I'll have thought of a chorus or like I've thought like, Oh, this verse is good or, this section's good but yeah like then it'll be just poor old mixed job to like after like 15 minutes like it would just be like right okay i think we've got enough <laughs> you know so it's it's maybe a slightly different way of working to you know and i you know i don't know like uh, sometimes i kind of also i think want to kind of dispel the mythology of like what it's like to to to, to make music and be an artist like i think sometimes and don't get me wrong i'm sure some people are like these people that craft and really sit with something and work at it and chip away at it like a sculpture. But it's, that's not the way that I work. You know, the way that I work is like, 
it, it's it's almost like you kind of get yourself into a bit of a kind of trance <laughs> and then just let it kind of flow through you um but it's but it's just work it's just practice and just like you get yourself into these positions where you're like you know that like oh okay if i can if i can kind of like get from this point to this point like i can kind of do some little linguistic jumps in between and and, and then it kind of works um yeah, it's a bit of a weird process. It's not. It's not normal. I don't. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty wild, and it's really impressive to me. Because I mean, I don't. I don't think a lot of people could do that. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you to say. I mean, I think. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't, maybe it has more. Maybe it has more in, in in common with with like poetry or spoken word or. I wouldn't be so presumptuous to say like hip hop or something, but like, it's a lot more like, it's a lot more stream of consciousness, but it's also just about finding uh fun, finding like, uh, it's much about how I'm trying to interest myself. If you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like trying to like interest myself as to like, how do I make these two things fit together to communicate this thing or something bigger than this thing? So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's quite a weird process. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that like, say that some of the poets you like to read or authors tend to work in stream of conscious sort of way? No, I actually think I very much prefer stuff that's very direct, <laughs> you know, like quite like, you know, I love like Cormac McCarthy and he's just like sentence, sentence, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah. it's really like the man stepped out of the house, full stop. The house was falling down, full stop. You know, like I like, that's the kind of, I like I like people that can conjure images and themes and feelings with like sparseness, and I'm I'm not very good at that. I don't think like I'm I'm still sometimes I'm I'm always searching for like trying to strip out as much as possible. And actually, you know, on looking listening back onto the first record, I'm now a bit like ah, oh, there's too many things in there, or like I was a bit purple, or do you know what I mean? Like you know, that was a bit like a bit much. So. um you know, but like, you know, I also, you know, other, other people that I love, you know, that other lyricists and stuff, you know, I, you know, I, I, I would be remiss if, you know, Marky e. Smith from the fall, you know, we owe him so much as a kind of lyricist, but you know, people like Nick Cave and, and even people like Captain Beefheart, I think are amazing. Um, I love the directness of someone like Grace Jones, where it's just like odd, kind of collages you know of just like just kind of weird but it's very like direct um i love that um yeah you know even people like weird stuff like Ivor cutler you know like which is like just this like kind of silly and funny you know um but like conjures up a load of like odd odd images you know that, that's you know that that's that's what i like i'm like stuff like the pixies you know like i remember listening to an interview with um you know, Black Francis and him saying like, you know, actually what, what he was doing was like trying to kind of create like visual images that like jumped out at the listener that maybe didn't even mean that much, first of all, but they like, they're like a little hook. They just like grab you as a, as a strong, vivid image that then sucks you into the rest of the song. I think, I thought that was like, well, that's genius, isn't it? You know, it's like... Yeah. I'm always fascinated because yeah. I've read like or like some mus people like write the music and they think of the lyrics. It, not importantly, they're like, oh, that's just an afterthought. And to me, I've always been like, yeah. I've always delved into the lyrics because I've that's 
I don't know. I feel like that's just as important as anything else in the song, but mm. that for some people to think it's secondary is just absurd to me. Yeah. I, I can't kind of get that because I feel that they provide so much context. I mean, I suppose a melody can, can, can conjure that, but like, for me, you know, like the songs that we've written that have been the most effective have been the ones where I am I am fully in the song, you know, like like I am fully communicating emotion or humor or anger or frustration, you know, and, and that's as much to do with like what the lyrics are doing as it is to do with what the guitar is doing, you know. Um, yeah, I, 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 I never get that either. I find it kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's, yeah, it feels uh, alien to me. Yeah, because as a even as a kid through now, I'll pour through the lyric sheets on an album, and I mean that's just it's important to me. Maybe, uh, but mm. I, have you ever, when you're improvising, like surprised yourself where you went to a place you were just like, "Holy fuck, how did I get there?" Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes I listen back to stuff. <laughs> I mean, the worst is like being today in practice and we're singing a song, and I'm like. I'm like, I have put these lyrics in the weirdest fucking place. Like they're not on a, they're not on a, they're not on a beat. They're not, they're like, they're like half of them are at the start of a bar and half of them go through halfway through. And you're like, and I'm trying to sing it and I just keep getting it wrong because I'm just like, like what, what have I, and it works on the recording, but I'm like, how have I come up with that? Like, why have I done that? Like, it is not a natural way of singing. It's not a natural way of like, you know, like intonating something and then I, like I do it and then my fucking head would be like you've sung it wrong again man I'm like sorry you got to start again because like it otherwise fucks up everything else you know so yeah that certainly happens I think in terms of like conjuring a feeling or an emotion like there's a song at the end of the record um called Saintless which is about my my son and my 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 wife um and that was the that was the the first time I've really kind of like I, that was the first time that I had real misgivings about maybe putting a song on a record or like having that vocal take because it was, it was the first vocal take I did of it. And that was actually quite different to how I'd struck, you know, done this freeform stuff is that, that, that had started as a poem that I wrote after my son was born in 20, 2018. And I didn't know what to do with it. I just kind of had it on my phone. And, and, you know, one day I was in the studio with Nick and he had, he had, he had done some backing and, and I kind of just sang the words and, and, and there was a very, like, it was a very emotive moment for me. I never really spoke. It was about my wife being quite ill afterwards. And I, you know, I'd never really spoken about it to, to the, to the guys in the band really. I was the first, you know, I'm the first guy in the band to have a kid. And, um, and it kind of just came out of me and it, and you can hear it in the vocal take, especially towards the end. It's like, I'm really at a point of almost like, um, like almost like, you know, too emotive, I think. Um, and it bothered me for a long time, like listening to it because I, I was, like I said earlier, I was fucking scared shitless that it's like, someone's going to hear it and be like, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and, and it took a lot of convincing from Nick in particular to be like, no, there's something really special in this. Like you've accessed the part of yourself that perhaps you, you, you maybe haven't done before or done very rarely. So, yeah, so that, you know, and that does make me worried sometimes of being like, Christ, you know, am I ever, will I ever, you know, I'm very proud of that song, but like you do think like, Christ, are you ever going to, will I ever get back to that? You know, will I ever get back to accessing stuff like that and putting that in a song? I'm sure I will, but it's, um, it's something you can't necessarily like uh, construct, you know, you can't necessarily um, put yourself in it, at, 
you know, like, at will. Right. <laughs> Nor would I think you'd want to. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I was just curious because a lot of times, and I've known this from other creative people and a, a director, a theater director I knew, he would try to find those sp- spots that would people were afraid of that their, their fear yeah. and he would try to push him towards that. And I was just curious if mm. that's something you're, if that is something you became aware of from that song of like, all right, if maybe if I fear it, maybe I should go to it. Yeah, I think so. It took me a long time to kind of realize it. I think sometimes it is, I think it can be a good and a bad thing because I think you can, I think you can, I think you can, you can kind of fear, you can fear those things for, for the right reasons, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much like someone that doesn't, I really don't put any stock or believe in this idea that like, you know, artists should, should suffer for their art because actually what that's saying is it's perpetrating a myth of like, you know, you need to be unwell to make good work. And I know too many people and have seen too many friends kind of do that and, and have really, really, troubling episodes in their life where they're really unwell and not, and not happy. And, and, and so I, I think, I think, you know, I think that kind of like Victorian myth of like, you know, the struggle, the struggling artist is actually a, something that, you know, you need to really push back against because I don't think you should be doing anything in your life that makes you, um, that makes your, you know, makes, makes you unwell, you know, like it's not, it's not right. And it's not right for the people around you. And, I think when you're younger, maybe it goes back to what we were talking about earlier as well. When you're younger, you think sometimes, oh, that's the only way that you could be as an artist. And I just, I just think it's fucking bullshit. It's just horrible. Um, but I also think it can be a good thing if you're, if you're, if you can manage those emotions and you've got a handle on, 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 on how you progress through life. And if you, if you use your art, I suppose, as an outlet, like I use my art as an outlet to perhaps talk about things I couldn't in everyday life. You know, I couldn't walk around the street fucking shouting at people. You know, <laughs> you know? do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't. Um, you should give that a try, know. though, just for kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See how long that lasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. See how long I have a family. You know, but it's like you know, I think if you can, if you can access those points of your of your personality and kind of, it, it, I, I find that art and music offers me a chance to access parts of myself that perhaps I. I can't in other settings. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't maybe articulate in other ways. And and I think that's also perhaps, you know, the, the wider album as well. Like I know, I, again, like I know it comes across as like very kind of a very outward record about lots of things, you know, but actually, actually it, it's not. <laughs> it's actually, actually very inward. You know, it's like a lot of it is about how flawed I am as a person or how, how hypocritical I am or how I don't have any answers to this stuff, how I'm scared, how I'm, you know, worried, you know, I think, I think that is actually a lot of the record, you know, it is, um, it's very like, it's, it's very like picking up my own scabs. <laughs> you know. Um, to, to me, that seems like the, the wiser approach. Cause like I, I was reading how you, you're more interested in asking questions than like, yelling and, yeah. and it's like i think that if you're preaching and yelling people aren't going to fucking listen if but answering asking questions seems to be a better way to get to these things i i just think all of my favorite art has ever all, all of the 
art that has connected with me or music or whatever has connected with me has always been something that has made me ask a question, you know, that has made me go, what does that mean? Or what are they talking about? Or what's that emotion that they're, 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 they're talking about, you know? And, and I, I think there is a, I think there is absolutely a place for activism and politics and uh, all of that in art and certainly in music and in culture. I think it is so vital and so important. But I would, I wouldn't, I, 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 I always find it uneasy if people use art and music as kind of instructions for living. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, it's, I always find it difficult when we place artists and musicians and whoever it is on a pedestal and expect them to be able to provide a set of answers because they are just people and they are flawed and they are, you know, I think it's right to, it's right to ask people of their opinions it's right to ask them of what they stand for what they believe in um the things they're interested in because that helps you form your own judgment about the world you know it helps you form your own set of ideas and beliefs and also i think it's right as well for us to like like don't get me wrong i think it's absolutely right for artists to to draw a line in the sand and say like you know this is the you know as a person this is what i think is wrong and what i think is right you know like you know, being a Nazi is a bad thing. <laughs> you know, like, like that's not. I don't think this is like me trying to kind of absolve the responsibility. I think it's absolutely right as a person that you should have things that you know are your hills you're going to die on. You know that you should have things that are you know um, and call that stuff out when you see it and when you you know when you um, you know when you're when you're when you're asked of that but i think certainly within my own music you know it is so much a tool for me to help process the world that i i feel increasingly maybe disconnected from or worried about or um unsure about or unsure about my own place in the world i think it would be maybe a bit presumptuous of me to kind of try and offer anyone an easy solution because i fucking i don't fucking have any for myself you know like you know I'm barely getting, you know, <laughs> but I'm fine. I, that, that, that's, that's glib, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, like I'm, I'm as want to kind of go off the deep end into kind of like negative thought patterns and fucking not under, you know, you know, in the UK at the moment, you know, like worrying about, you know, I'm a left-wing person and worrying about the people that are in charge of the politics. I'm, do you know what I mean? All of that, all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm as, I'm as nervous of that as anyone else so i can't kind of say like hey like if you listen to my album like you'll definitely understand things (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) that'd be pretty great if you did have that attitude nope i got it all i can solve it i think it's too it's unhealthy that people make a lot of art figures especially like in music like these deities of truth and it's like you know no offense to john lennon but he was a highly flawed man but no one ever yeah and to me it would make it more uh uh, i would be uh, struggling to articulate this it would mean more to me if he was like if people were like and he also had these flaws because it's like he's not a deity no one's a fucking deity (laughs) yeah and, and and maybe he wrote songs that transcend transcended him as a flawed person you know maybe he made work that trans transcended the kind of the, the, the problems that he had as a person. I'm not saying you can't do that and kind of reach a higher kind of emotive plane because once the art has left you and it exists in the world, it's not really yours anymore. So I'm not, I, I, I definitely think that that can happen. But yeah, I think when you go back to the creator and, and, and like you say, like 
deify them and, and, and raise them to such a level that they are kind of this is the pinnacle of human achievement. It becomes really, really problematic. You know, it becomes really, really difficult because because you know that it's it's it, 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 you can't. Yeah, they're flawed people. You know, it's um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that train of thought's going. I guess. It, yeah, I mean, I was struggling with it myself. Um, to go, it's hard. I think it's hard, isn't it? Because you don't want to. You don't want to sound like someone that, like, you know, that a wants to kind of absolve responsibility. You, you I don't want to feel like I'm absolving responsibility when I say a lot of this record is written about myself. You know, because because I, you know, there is stuff in there that like does call shit out and does say that I don't think this is right. You know, but but ultimately, like, you know. It's my opinion. <laughs> Muslims, what's the saying? They're like ourselves. Everyone's got one. <laughs> when you guys, yeah. when you were young, and because you said you've known each other all your lives, how did, like, did you just sort of met, not magically, but did it, the band organically form, or was because I was curious, like you were so young, I'm like, how did mm. those roles get determined? Like, was it, like, it, I mean, it's like it's such yeah, a strange yeah. thing to to me. It is as, weird. Yeah, like I said, I met Alex when I was six and we went to like play school together, like, you know, like preschool, like, you know, it was like, um, and his mum was like a teaching assistant at the, at the, at the preschool I went to, um, and, and we were friends and then, you know, when we came back together in kind of what you would call like, I suppose like high school for, for, for you guys over there. So secondary school for us, we went to a very, like, we went to a very big, like, um, I suppose they're called like in the UK, like comprehensive schools. So like, you know, like a, like a, like a public school in the US, but it was like probably more like a US school in lots of ways. There's like 2000 kids that went to it and, um, you know, it's a good school, you know, not nothing bad with there or anything. I'm not going to say that it was a bad school. It was, um, it was cool, but like, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know how we kind of gravitated towards each other. I think perhaps we were all, we, being a teenager is weird, isn't it? Cause you're looking for ways to fit in, but also stand out. And I think that, that, you know, that for us was like, I mean, I was like a fat kid until I was like 16, you know, like, like, you know, like bullied a lot, no good at sport, kind of nerdy. Um, and, and I suppose the rest of the lads were kind of to an extent that a little bit too. Um, and I suppose we kind of resonated towards each other as being a kind of, I suppose, a little bit like uh, a little bit felt a little bit outside of, of, of people. And then I suppose you just you just get into similar stuff, don't you? You just lead each other down these kind of rabbit holes. Alex's uh, mum and dad were like big like prog rock fans, like and like so. So Alex was like a real like kid bedroom guitarist, like playing friggin' you know like. Yes, covers like at like thirteen, <laughs> like at like thirteen years old, which is like fucking the lamest shit you could possibly do, you know. But and like not like not like later era. Yes, like proper like like trying to go as fast as he possibly could, or playing fucking Foxtrot by Genesis or some shit. He's gonna kill me when he listens to that. But, um, <laughs> But like, because of him, we all got into that shit, you know, like, like, and we'd, we'd go around his house and listen to his parents' records and like, you know, put Dark Side of the Moon on in the dark and lie on the floor and like, <laughs> someone, someone would have had like the skankiest joint in the world and like, you know, like, like, you know, and, 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 um, I was too much of a nerd to touch that though, by the way, like, you know, if mum, mum, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah and, and and you know and through that then we got into stuff like you know then you get into stuff like king crimson and then you're listening to sabbath and then you're listening to like and then like one of our mates turns up with like you know his dad's given him the vhs of stop making sense you know uh you know and that was a big moment for me like seeing stop making sense the, the live video of talking heads for the first time i mean like as a as a 16 year old i was like i've just i've just like i found it do you know what i mean like i found the best fucking music and then that's obviously a great gateway drug into then like going back and reappraising kind of post-punk and new wave and you know and i think by our nature as well because we were all a bit fucking nerdy or whatever like you know like you, you end up becoming a kind of curator of stuff so you want to like I, I love the cultural kind of history of that stuff so it's like oh shit like okay, so they worked with Brian Eno and then Brian Eno was in Roxy Music and then like, I'm um, Roxy Music were really inspired by this and then old Brian Eno then went and worked with like the guy from Cannes and what's Cannes and do you know what I mean? So like, we just ended up doing all of that as like teenagers um, and then kind of before you know it, you're just like, oh, we should try and like make a band that sounds a bit like this and do that and 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 that was that and then it's like, basically, it's like a terrible habit that we've never broken. <laughs> That's just crazy because that was almost the same progression because, like, I grew up with brothers who listened to classic rock and then it went from yes and then it was, like, the same thing as, like, early REM and Talking Heads and that was when you're just like, what the fuck? Like, that's... What what, Why was I wasting my time with this stuff? (laughs) Why am I listening to yes? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like... The other... Do you know what? The other big one, certainly for me and Ed, I remember as well, was there's a TV show in the UK called uh, Later with Jules Holland. It's kind of maybe a bit long in the tooth now. Um, you know, if, if you're listening, Jules Holland, please book us. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, but, you know, certainly, you know, that would be something that I would like, you know, you'd have Top of the Pops in the UK, which would be like, you know, the mainstream chart. And then like later on on the Friday night, you'd have Later with Jules Holland. And as I was getting into a teenager, you know, my dad would like let me stay up with him and we'd like watch it together to like watch, you know, be like the more esoteric bands, alternative bands or whatever. And a big one I remember about probably I must have been about like 13, 14. And me and Ed remember so distinctly because we came into school on the Monday and we were like, fucking hell, we're seeing the, uh, at the drive-in were on it. And that just like, like just seeing that, this performance, you can find it online. Like they are just, I mean, like, they're just destroying the set. They're just, like, he's just, his guitar is just, like, all the strings are broken. He's just shoving it, like, into an amp. And, and, and but it sounds incredible. And, like, he's getting a chair and chuck it across the studio. And, like, the setup of this studio is, like, an open studio where all the other acts are, like, standing around. And there's fucking, like, Robbie Williams <laughs> standing next to them, just, like... Looks like he's been fucking held hostage. He's like, what's going on? And I just remember seeing that. And I also distinctly remember my my dad, who, who, who actually had pretty good music taste. He'd like listen to New Order in the car and shit. I distinctly remember him going, that was shit. And me just thinking like, I fucking love it. And I also kind of love that you fucking hate it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like you felt, feel like you, you feel like you've been you like like someone's opened the door to something and then through that you get into like you know then me and ed got really into like post hardcore and like fugazi and people like you know the american kind of side of stuff which then leads you into like a whole other world of like henry rollins and bad brains and all that kind of shit you know and and, and so yeah i think i think i think it's probably like you say really similar to how, how you had it you know where like you just you're just 
I think that age is so formative, you know, and you're just, you just, you just become this person. You just want to like understand shit. You just want to like find out more and more and more. And I'm lucky that I don't feel like I've lost that. Do you know what I mean? Like I still get that massive rush and massive thrill from like listening to a song from the first time, even if it's like released last week or 30 years ago and, and, and it hitting you and just being like, fuck, you know, you got to tell someone about this, you know, like I still love that. Yeah. It, it's, um, yeah, I totally no, really never get bored of that. No. And that's what somebody said to me, like in high school, they're like, I remember the first time somebody mentioned like, Oh, this was produced by, I think that it was like Robin Hitchcock or something. I was like, yeah, I, never, yeah. I never, like, I was like, I never thought of looking at this. So that, that was like became sports to me. It's like, fuck baseball stats. I want to know who engineered this. Like it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same. It's like, yeah, either you get into like, yeah, here it'd be football and being like, who's getting bought and sold and what this club's doing. And like, I just have no fucking interest in that at all. But it's like, yeah, if you want to talk about like, yeah, who who did what on what record in like 1975, man, I'm in. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. And, and too, that's what's a, like, I listen to, there's a, uh, I stream a New Orleans community jazz or radio station it's not jazz it's everything but it's mostly old r&b but it's the same thing where they just played this really obscure shit and you're like what the fuck is this and a lot of times shazam doesn't even fucking tell you what it is because it's so obscure and then you've just got to root around i love that (laughs) shit yeah and it just hits you it hits you it's it's, i suppose that's the power of music as well isn't it is it's just you know it can I mean, it still blows my mind that like you were walking around with a device that's basically got like the history of record, like <laughs> the 20th century, like all recorded music ever, you know, like it's mind blowing really. <laughs> yeah. I talked to like 20 year olds or something. Usually when I'm buying underage kids beer, that's when I do most of my kids. No, <laughs> no but like people who are like significantly younger than me have like wildly just huge reference levels for music. And I mean, it's all internet, mm. but I'm just like, I'm jealous. I'm like, I didn't have, I had to fucking work for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I feel like, you know, like I, I, I suppose like I'm young, like, um, 32. So I suppose I was on the cusp of like the, 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 the generation that were like, you know, illegally streaming stuff off, like nicking stuff off LimeWire or Napster or whatever, you know, but yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, you, I, I talk to like my 18 year old cousin now and it's just like, he can just jump from things just like bang, 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 bang. And I'm just like, Whoa, like where, where are you going with this? Like, you know, like, <laughs> and also like, I'm still like, I'm still really old school. Like I use my Spotify or whatever, like where I like save my albums and like, you know, and I don't make playlists and like, he's just completely agnostic. It's just like so many things just like slam together. And it's just like, I'm like, I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> yeah. Someone said to me recently that like today, these days music is there's music fluidity there's like no one like when i was a kid people were really attached to genres and like Mm, if you straight mm. out of it like especially in my town like if you didn't listen to fucking the doors you get the shit kicked out of you it's like if you you were like queer because you listened to you know violent femmes like that was just like an offense so weird what the doors well, like yeah, because like, my town people, was just like yeah, a bunch yeah. of like doors. Like you liked if you didn't like the Doors, Led Zeppelin, all that, all that shit, not, like kind of heavy rock stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 or like it was also like Iron Maiden and stuff. Like if you didn't listen to yeah, that, yeah. You know, there was a serious. Pro- they considered that you had a serious problem that needed to be beat. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Jesus, small, small-minded America, my friend. 
Right, yeah, yeah, fucking hell, man. Jesus. But I was like, you know, you know, I would kind like I got into punk and stuff, but I had to kind of keep it to myself. Surely kept it from my yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was just like, oh, it they was were... just like not a thing that people would, would kind of countenance. It's just not a... No. Yeah. You know, America, we're stupid. <laughs> I mean, but it's the same. I think it's, I think it's why you gravitate towards punk and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, I think it's something for me why I've gravitated towards it because it was like, you know, going from, going from listening to bands that's all about fucking virtuosity and just like, you know, and you listen to like a yes record and you're like, I could never do that. Do you know what I mean? Like I could never fucking play a lute solo for 15 minutes or whatever the fuck it is. And then you listen to punk and you're just like, literally like the, 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 you know, or whatever it is, you know, post-punk or whatever you listen to it and you're like, they are saying anyone can do this. And I think that's the thing that makes me, you know, still gets me excited about it. It's just, just it's like, there's no, there's not really a barrier to entry to, to, to get into being in punk music. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, okay. Like you can't afford a guitar. Well, like sing, you know, like find someone who has got a guitar, you know, (laughs) you know, like I, I, that's the thing that I still love about that kind of shit, man. Yeah. Is it wild to you that now your album, because like literally like when I first heard your album, I was like, Oh, what the fuck? Like it was that spark that like you talked about when you hear something, you get excited and and just as a side, you know, I love the album and I've been listening to it a ton. Oh, thanks, dude. That's really kind. But does that trip you out that that like you're now doing that thing that sparked you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> really, I think it's even weirder in the fact that we've done it during like the pandemic and like there's no feedback loop to it in any way, shape, or form. You know, like like you know, like the day we sold, signed the record contract, I did it on zoom and just then like closed my laptop and went downstairs and played with my two year old son. who was like having a tantrum, you know, it's like, there's no, it was like so normal. So if I don't know, like I've got no reference point for any of this. And in a way, like, you know, I still kind of feel like we're in, you know, I'm aware that people have like bought the album and it's like incredible when someone sends me a message and it's like, they're listening to the record and, you know, they've got the poster up on the wall that I designed and there's my handwriting on it. And like, it's like, it's like a kind of massive, like dissonance in your brain that you can't kind of like, it's like you've won the lottery. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, (laughs) I can't, I can't, I can't comprehend it in lots of ways, but in the same time, it's like nothing has necessarily like changed for us on a day to day. You know, it's not like I'm doing this podcast with you now, like in the back of a van in fucking, I know Southampton before we, go and play a show later on and do you know what I mean like you know like I'm still just living in my house with my wife and my and my baby and 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 you know other than doing stuff like this like like my day-to-day is like very normal in that respect like like and the response from people is like you know an incredible thing that like pops up on my phone but it's out of remove still do you know what I mean it's like it almost doesn't feel real so um yeah man it's it's I still don't really feel like I've processed it in lots of ways, you know, like I still don't really feel like I've processed, like, you know, I was saying it to the guys like the other day, like we've, we've, we were talking about making like the next record and stuff. And I was like, fuck, like, you know, we made that first record, like almost as like a hobby, you know, like in weekends and evenings and when we could find the time. And like, now there's like, like we could you know technically be classed as like professional musicians <laughs> <laughs> in 
very heavy air quotes there, guys. Professional musicians. But do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and like suddenly there's like, there's like a, you know, we've signed a contract with a record label. So there is like a legal incentive for us to provide another record. And it's like, that's really weird. You know, that's like really, it's, it's still something that like, still something I don't think I'll ever get over. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'll ever... I think it comes back to as well, like, you know, if we'd been signed when we were 21, like, you know, my wife said something to me, I was talking to her about this, and she was like, well, that's because you did this for so long with so little kind of, I wouldn't say, like, reward, but, like, outside kind of, like, um, feedback, in a way. Like, you know, we'd play a gig now and again in, like, a local pub, or we, we'd have done it in our early 20s, and, you know, you've got your mates who come to the show, and they're just like, yeah, six set, man, anyway, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, because we were fucking terrible, and um, you know, and 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 that's that's the most amount of kind of like I suppose like um, you know, that's the most amount of like um, like affirmation you're getting. Not that you're doing it for the affirmation, but so so I think that's the thing that I'm finding like quite quite strange in a way is that like suddenly there's like groups of people that are like we really like your band or this has meant something to me or we would like to put your record out or we would like to manage you and it's just like you know I'm kind of like well, but who that guy or me you know what I mean? you're like you're like oh fucking hell all right okay like Jesus you, are you sure <laughs> you know it's hard to not wonder though would it just be equally surreal or a different kind of surreal if you were out touring and like it you know, it's like yeah. just a different surreal. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, and I think probably what I've just said as well, like, you know, I'm obviously being self-effacing. There is a level of like ambition to like your, your, your work that you want it to reach an audience. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. Right. No, I wouldn't, or I'd just do it and never play it to anyone. You know, there is something in me that believes someone else might like it. Um, but yeah, I think you would have a different level of surreal. I think you would have, I found it very interesting, you know, kind of release week for the album and stuff. Like, I think if we were in a traditional kind of setting, um, it might be, it, it probably would have been very, like, very intense. And we've been playing lots of gigs and meeting lots of people and maybe doing promo face to face and whatever. And so probably you're, you're on this kind of critical mass kind of feeling and it's probably all very adrenaline based and not that that didn't happen. It was a shot of adrenaline and exhilaration, but also because I think I was distant from people and, and on my own a lot of the time, you know, it made me a lot more self reflective than I thought it would do, you know, like to put this thing out that had existed for so long, just between me and my friends, you know, and, 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 and also then to kind of see, how people are kind of consume, consuming it, I suppose, and and seeing how some people it really resonates with, which is like this massive kind of shot in the arm of like, fuck, oh, wow, okay, to then maybe people being more comparative or more um, uh, judgmental or critical, not that they shouldn't be, everyone, again, is entitled to their own opinion, but it just, it made me feel a lot more like, um, just a lot more like inward than I thought I would, you know? Um which was which was something I wasn't necessarily expecting, you know. I, I thought I thought this this putting this record out would be a big like explosion outwards, you know. Um, and actually, it really made me take stock of things because, you know, so, so someone on another interview that we had, you know, said, "Oh, well, maybe that's because you know, naturally, when things change and you move on to one thing, it's like the death of another." So you know, maybe that. I mean, I sound like a fucking French philosopher now, but you know, it's like. <laughs> 
Fucking <laughs> hell, what am I going on about? <laughs> but that's a val- I mean, that's a valid point. I mean, it, it's a major shift, and it's like, I don't know, like, you have a kid, I've had kids recently too, and it's like, there is a sort of a death of who you used to be Yeah. when you yeah. become a parent, and like, for me, it took a little bit for that to register. <laughs> oh, uh, 100%. I, I think you can go either way as well. People would say to me, I don't know if you got the same when, when you were having your, your, your first child, in, you know, in particular, but like, people would say to me, and often people without kids as well would be like, oh, well, it'll all change when you've got kids. Like, you'll just, it'll just focus your mind and you'll only be interested in your kids and blah, blah, blah. And obviously that is the case. But actually what it did was like fucking focus my mind too much, I think. And I just became like, this madman that was just like, well, you know, I've, I've got all this responsibility now. Like I just, I should work every hour of every day because otherwise like we won't have food. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and, and then I wouldn't be at home and I wouldn't be doing the things that like, you know, you should be doing as like a dad, which is just like being a, a you know, someone that's present and loving, you know, it would be like, I just, I just went the other fucking way. And, and, I think I think it was certainly as well, like you say, like a like a processing of like yeah, like you know, your old self in a way processing like oh you know yeah I can't I'm not that you can't do those things but I just have to do things differently now or that there is a level of responsibility or I do you know you know I can't just do this thing like instantly or you know I, I, yeah I think I think there's a big thing about that you know like but maybe isn't spoken about that much when 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 you're having kids you know. There's a lot of um, stuff that I felt like, you know, you'd say like, oh, I'm afraid to be a parent. And people would be like, you'll be fine. It's like, no, motherfucker. I just said I'm scared. <laughs> like, address this. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm fucking terrified. Like, what if I do it wrong? Like, what if they turn out like me? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, you'll, you know, it'll be fine. It's like, hey, guess who wasn't fine? My dad was t- terrible. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dad, bad dads exist. Don't like, don't fucking avoid this. But uh, 100% agree, man. Uh, one thing I was curious of is because you said you guys used to suck. Like, what was and and I know you probably want to get going, but uh, <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, but I was just curious, um, like, what was the shift from you guys being uh, to what you are now? Because that seems, if you said like you suck, because you guys are great and you're, uh, it's a oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll, next time I'll say super um, duper instead of great, just to really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think necessarily musically we sucked, but we just weren't speaking from like, and also to be honest, it's like, I think this is the other thing. We've been pretty much playing this kind of music forever, you know, barring the prog rock experiments at 15. <laughs> but you know, it's like to an extent we've been playing this music in, in some way, shape or form, maybe it was a bit more gothy or a bit more echo and the bunny many or a bit more this, but like musically we weren't bad, but we weren't coming from a place. I don't think of like honesty or authenticity. Like, you know, I certainly wasn't, I was, I was trying on other people's hats, you know, as you can see, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it's like, you know, like, you know, you're, 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 I was, I was always a cover artist. Do you know what I mean? Like I was always doing someone else's work and audiences can tell that, you know, like, you know, people can tell that, like I can tell it as someone that loves music. Like I wasn't coming from a position of like speaking truthfully and speaking my, my thoughts, you know, it would, it would I would always, you know, we would always frame it and being like, you know, the, the kind of, I always feel like the death of a band comes when someone comes in and is like, 
oh, we should make this one sound a bit like this band or it should sound a bit like that, you know? And it's just like, you might as well all just pack up and go home. And we were doing that, you know? We were coming in and going, like, oh, this one could have a bit of a kind of, you know, maybe this one's got a bit of an Echo and the Bunny Man vibe or maybe this one's a bit Joy division or, yeah, that could sound like Nick Cave. And you're just like, you're just, you're just not doing it from a place of like, um, I'm going to sound like a fucking wellness influencer now, but a place of truth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, it's, 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 yeah, I think that's why we sucked because it wasn't the music. I've got, I've gone back and listened to the music and stuff that like, you know, we're, we're, like, you know, that that's on fucking hard drives and hidden in old computers and stuff. And, you know, you, you get it and you're like, Oh, that's not that bad. You know, that's all right. And then you actually, you listen to like what's being spoken about and what's being sung about or the intention of the record. And you're like, Oh no, it's shit. <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, like, yeah, no, it is. Like, there's nothing in there. Like, it's just surface. It's like a big shiny piece of marble, you know? And it's like, that's all it is. Um, so, yeah, man, I think that's why we sucked, really. Um, if I'm being really candid, it's just we weren't, we weren't being ourselves. That sounds really glib and really, really cheesy, but I think that was really it. Yeah, but that's like, I mean, the hardest thing I think for anybody creative is to find, and when people would say that to me as a young man, like, you got to find your voice. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> like, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I still feel like that sometimes, you know, like I I, I, I feel very I feel very comfortable now that we, you know, we have, but I think it's, I think it's an ongoing thing. And I think maybe that's the thing of being an artist, isn't it? Is like, you know, you're always, you're always looking forward and believing that the thing you're going to do next is going to be the best thing you've ever done because otherwise you'd just stop doing it, you know? So, but yeah, I think it, that's another reason why it's taken us so long to get to this point is, is it took me a long time to work out like, you know, what is it that I want to say? What is it that I want to talk about? Like, what is it that makes me me? Um, you know, which can be difficult sometimes when, you know, like you're on the internet and everything's comparative, you know, because that you are like, Hey man, I am honestly just trying to be me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so that can be difficult. Some, like, you know, you want to just go on Twitter and be like, honestly, I promise this is just how it comes out. You know, like, <laughs> but, um, you can't fucking do that. Can you? <laughs> no, you drive yourself insane. Yeah. Um, do you, cause you, you do you have a approach are you guys working on a new album or is that like you heading into yeah we are well 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 nick actually our bassist has just had a had a had a little baby it's his first baby so he's off on paternity for uh for a month but yeah i think you know um you know we're lucky in the um you know signing our record deal allowed us you know the the, the the kind of um the opportunity to like set up our own studio effectively you know that we can we can rehearse and write in without having to worry about like fuck okay like you know how can we afford you know how can we afford this rent or you know do we have to like lease it out to a friend's band to cover that bit which was kind of what we were doing a little bit on the first record hence why it was a bit a little bit bitty so that's like allowed us to kind of build a base for ourselves which is like i mean again it's like winning the lottery it's like i'm I'm so aware how lucky we are in that respect but yeah it means that i think probably because you can't do anything else like you can't tour or anything so like you know what's the thing that artists are supposed to do fucking make art so i suppose (laughs) we're um we're going to go back in i think probably kind of towards the end of march and just really just just get on with the next record and just 
just just explore some stuff. I think you know we did a lot. Of, you know we did a lot in the first record that like were kind of you know there was a lot of things going on in that first record. But I'm just I'm also eager to see like where we go next with it. You know it's 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 exciting. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we're just so yeah, very long, very long response to a very short question. I kind of just said, yeah, we're writing another record. <laughs> <laughs> just and then one last thing is because you designed, you've designed a lot of record covers. I was just curious, like mm. what uh, some of your favorite album covers have been in your lifetime of anyone's. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, there's so many. Jeez, uh, that is fucking. That's a good question. Um, I love, uh, God, what do I love? <laughs> you can just tell me to fuck off. <laughs> right. No, the trouble is, is there's just, there's like, there's so many, and you know, I'm so indebted to so many covers, you know, like, oh, the Grace Jones cover for Island Life is amazing. Um, oh, fucking hell, what else is great? Um, I love the, I really love the simplicity of like a cover, like big Lazarus dig for from Nick cave. Um, I love, I love, um, I love unconditionally guaranteed by, uh, beef heart. Love that one where he's like holding all the money. That's great. <laughs> um, hex induction hour by the fool is brilliant. Um, fucking hell. What else? God. I mean, like, even just like, like I'm obsessed with, um, oh, Ian Jury, New, Bo- New Boots and Panties, that's a wicked one. And I'm really obsessed with the, the designer of that guy called Barney Bubbles, who is just like, if you love amazing album cover design, he is like the unsung hero of incredible, he like did all the stuff for like Stiff Records. Oh, cool. Um, kind of back, at, back in the day. And like, but like, even like he did so many things, he started doing stuff for like Hawkwind, like originally. Wow. But like some of the stuff is like, so prescient and so modern. Like he did all the Elvis Costello stuff, um, like uh, did loads of like stuff at Iggy Pop and 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 yeah, like he's 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 yeah. If you like good album covers, like he's just incredible. So yeah, I would say I would say him and even like again because I'm secretly a prog rock nerd. I love all like the hypnosis covers that like Storm Thorgerson did and stuff like you know stuff for like Floyd and and like the Nice and people like that. You know like all of that really like proggy trippy stuff that costs like you know five hundred thousand pounds to take a picture on a beach or something. You know it's like <laughs> yeah, all my <laughs> those were the days when I was those a kid. The days right? Yeah. Uh, who was the big? Oh, Frazetta was the big one when I was a kid. Like they did Molly Hatchet. They did all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, fucking yeah, dating myself on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but that stuff's great. You just don't, you know, like you know. I still do, you know, design and stuff for other people as my day job. Uh, well, current day job. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wish I could just be like, oh, we're going to go to the Sahara desert and photograph a giant bouncy ball <laughs> and it'll cost you a hundred thousand pounds. Do you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine? I mean, can you, fucking... <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like now I'm like, we're going to go to a car park in Acton, uh, on a Wednesday and <laughs> you know, we'll do it for like, you know, like 150 quid or something, you know, it's like, you know, but you know, Makes you resourceful, <laughs> and uh, and also you shouldn't be spending five hundred thousand pounds on photographing a beach ball in the Sahara. It's stupid. <laughs> Buy a kidney dialysis machine at a local hospital for Christ's sake. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like such avarice. It's such avarice to do something like that. You know? It's like yeah. 
Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for your time, Charlie. This has been, uh, I expected it to be great, but this, uh, was quite pleasurable and I don't, uh, probably some of the most laughing I've done in an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks man. Thank you, dude. It's been lovely. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with the Wire. Please become a Patreon subscriber. If you like, also subscribe to the show on your iTunes or what have you not, and tell your friends about the show. That would mean a lot to me. As well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the mattdwyer.com or Conversations with the Wire at the Instagram, and you could learn more about the show, buy merch, and all those great things. Thank you very much for listening.